it's kind of like the Brady Bunch. If there were two other kids that were also universities to add to your... Con- it's not like the Brady Bunch, but maybe Oregon State and Washington State can come here. I don't know. This is Locked On Big 12. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Big 12. Drake Toll from ESPN Central Texas, and that is Justin Kuzwalker. Kuz on Twitter and on YouTube. You can find him posting content all the time, not just about the West Virginia Mountaineers, who he knows and loves, but about the entire Big 12. Kuz, as we jump right into this whole Washington State, Oregon State thing, I've seen your perspective, and it's one that seems pretty objective, pretty Mm -hmm. holistic, and from the sound of it, you're not all the way on board, especially as a guy there rooting for the East Coast, not all the way on board with these two schools being in the Big 12. Right. Well, first of all, Drake, thank you for having me on, man. Uh, Like I said, pre-show, we uh, we and I have been trying to work something out for a while, so glad it finally worked out. But yeah, I mean, as an East Coast guy, I feel like if you just keep going West and going West and going West... You, at some point, you're starting to alienate your Eastern schools, right? So you need to bring some balance to that. Uh, so these guys don't have to travel all over the world to play to play football and basketball games and, and baseball games and soccer games and whatever else. So, yeah, that's that's one uh, object, one perspective I have on it. <clears throat> with And we'll get into the Gonzaga side of this, too. With right. the travel and fan, you, you consider a lot of that. But for you, I think it goes even deeper. You know, you mentioned Brett McMurphy and, and his mm-hmm. sentiment on this entire issue. When you look around college athletics and, and this area of expansion, do you see this as just not being a likelihood? I, I think it's unlikely, yes. Impossible, no. Um, the reason I think it's unlikely is because we've heard Brad McMurphy say the Big 12 is not interested in those two schools, and we know Brad has been pretty solid from day one on this all the realignment stuff. I know he doesn't bat a thousand, nobody does, but he's been if there's been a source out there who's who's been on it, it's been it's been Brad McMurphy. We know that Brett Yormark has been pretty open about his intentions since he's gotten here. Uh, you know, obviously he can't tell you exactly what he's going to do, but he'll always drop a hint. Um and he's he's he said, hey, we're not interested in expanding right now. Now, we'll get to Gonzaga later, as you mentioned. I know that news came out today. That's a different convert, a little, little bit different conversation, but they kind of tie in, right? But uh, as far as Oregon State, Washington State go, I just don't think the money's there right now to make it happen. I don't think Fox would, you know, I, it's unlikely that Fox would be on board, in my opinion. ESPN might, you know, bring uh, pay their portion of the pro rata because I think they're contractually obligated to do so. But – from what I've read and heard, the Big 12 does not want to add Power 5 teams that aren't full-fledged members of the conference and, you know, have full shares. Because then you then you're, the uneven revenue-sharing model can create issues down the road, and they don't want that in the league. Based on what I've read and heard, that's kind of their, their, their intent, and I don't expect them to stray from that unless, you know, unless something changes, which could happen. Kuz, what is your message when you see Oregon State, Washington State fans who not only come to your show and digest your content, but also are just out there worried about their two teams being competitive in the future in college football? Are we looking down a doomsday scenario of these two squads just becoming irrelevant in the next even one year? I don't. <clears throat> I guess it depends on what you mean by irrelevant. I mean, yeah. I, I do fear that they're going to drop down to the power. I mean, to the group of five level, which I don't want to see happen to them. They're two really good schools, two good programs. 
you know, unless the Big 12 comes and throws them a lifeline or the ACC maybe, I, I don't see how else they can avoid it. The only other scenario, which I mentioned on another show today, is if they're able, one of the options on the table is if they can absorb the Mountain West and bring the Mountain West over and just, you know, basically join the Mountain West but use the Pac-12 brand and try to keep that Power 5 autonomous five status. Now, a, a lot of people don't think that's likely. Yeah. And maybe it's not, but uh, that's kind of what I'd like to see happen, to be honest with you. Let me give you a, a two-part question here. And part one is, Coos, we wake up tomorrow, we find out Oregon State, Washington State have been allowed into the Big 12 by Brett Yormark. What would your reaction as a West Virginia guy and then as somebody who covers this conference be? Mm-hmm. Uh, on Brett Yormark himself? For just for that move, for a move of that caliber to be made by this conference, is that a is that something you would see as a positive for this conference if it happens tomorrow? Uh, for the conference, I, I don't really, I don't really, to be honest with you, Drake. And it's no offense to those two schools. It's just I don't see they're not a blue blood brand. You know, yep. they, they would basically be bringing. I'll say they would be about equal to the brands we have in the league now. And I don't see how that boosts the league at all. Um, other than getting you into a different market, I don't really see the benefit, and it's it's going to increase travel costs for everybody in the league, especially when it comes to non-revenue and Olympic sports. And I don't see much of a benefit to it, just to be honest with you. Uh, I think it I, can, I think it kind of waters down a little bit because at some point, are you just taking as many teams as you can? I mean, I, right. to me, that just doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. Let's look at the opposite side then. Same question, but instead we find out tomorrow the Mountain West and the Pac-2 will merge and there's no way Oregon State, Washington State coming to the Big 12. Is mm-hmm. that then a win for this conference? If they can keep for, for the Pac-12? A win for the Big 12. The Big 12, yes, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Because they're they they they're able to stay where they are. Right. They're still, they're still a, a, a Power 5 conference. They're still what I would call the third most stable Power 5 conference because they don't have all the crap going on that the ACC's got. There are 16 like-minded institutions, I, we think. Yeah. <laughs> Utah and Arizona State still <laughs> still up in the air. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but we think that we got 16 like-minded institutions. Uh, you would have those two schools you know, landing on their feet, hopefully, and, and everybody wins at the end of the day. That's, that's kind of how I would like to see this whole thing play out. As, as I think it through and, and think out loud uh, and go through all the different scenarios, to me, that's, that's the one that would be more beneficial for the Big 12. So you're in your scenario, you get to be Brett Yormark, you get to play God with the Big 12 for a second. We go, no Oregon State, no Washington State. Obviously, mm-hmm. again, we'll get into the Gonzaga conversation. How long, though, do you stay at 16 teams? Until you have a chance to take a team, <clears throat> some ACC teams, whether it be 2026 whatever that is, uh, if you get a chance to take a Virginia Tech or a Pitt or NC State, I think that's what you're waiting for. Let's talk East Coast then, Coos. That's in the next segment here. Let's go into the Pitts, the Louisvilles, and how all of that kind of ties into me with Gonzaga and the Big 12's intent to look basketball next. That is coming up right here on Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coos is not going anywhere, I can assure you that. I just have to tell you about bird dogs. Oh, German short hairs, Chesapeake Bay retrievers, and my shorts. They make you look good. They have these stretchy, khaki, like defined fabric thing looks. 
that make your legs look nice. They designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and give you a sculpted look so, you, so it, it really brings out the features, if you know what I'm saying. Bird Dog Shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon. Lululemon, but they fit way better. They look almost the same, but I think a little bit better. And the fit is what makes them so nice because they're not stri- stiff. They're not restricting on the area. They fixed the, this issue with cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, so you get a way slimmer fit. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric to keep you cool all the time. You can go out and buy a pair of Bird Dogs. It's a free merch in the process. Go to birddogs.com forward slash locked on college and our promo code locked on college at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. Birddogs.com forward slash locked on college for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. I can promise you that. All right, Coos, rolling into the Gonzaga conversation. I've seen a lot of West Virginia fans specifically who are upset at this. This isn't the Big 12 moving toward a Power 5 candidate. This is the Big 12 going basketball only to the far end of the earth to get Mm -hmm. a Gonzaga. As a West Virginia guy first, is this a move that you think will hurt the Big 12? In the, yes. For short answer, yes. Um, I think it's too risky because you got to think too, from you got to think about this from a West Virginia fan's perspective. We yeah. lived through the Big East days. The reason the Big East didn't make it is because there were too, so many basketball schools and they had different agendas than the football schools and they couldn't vote. They couldn't agree on TV deal and, and yada, yada. It falls apart. becomes a basketball-only conference, right? Schools like West Virginia had to find a new home. Well, and I'm not saying this would necessarily equal that, mm-hmm. but you're, it's starting to trend in that direction. You know what I'm saying? And that worries me a little bit. And then just the geographics of it. I'm like, why wouldn't the world – you got UCF down here in the bottom right corner of the, of the country, and then Gonzaga up here. I, I just don't see – I don't see the benefit in it, to be honest. I understand the basketball piece. I know you, Mark, loves basketball, mm-hmm. wants to kind of separate basketball from football in the next media deal, but is it really going to make that big of a difference and and offset the travel costs and all that? You know, obviously I haven't seen the numbers, but to me, on the surface, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. What what worries me, Kuz, about about this move is Gonzaga's good right now. They've been good for twenty years under Mark Few. Mm-hmm. That's a great sign of consistency. But let's say sure. in five years, even ten years, Mark Few leaves and they suck. Then did you just add St. Mary's? Did did you just add a, a school that isn't bringing revenue in anymore in basketball? People right. are no right right now. They're top five in viewership. But you can't promise in 10 years that they're going to have basketball to lean on still. That might not be the bell cow for that university. And if it's not, there's not football to lean on. There's nothing else revenue-wise to lean on. You could lose a ton of money and be shipping mm-hmm. West Virginia over to Washington. Am I missing right. something with that perspective? No, I don't think so. And that's I agree with you on that. And uh, the, one, the one thing I've – when I thought through this scenario – the one positive I can see here, because I, I do think there could be some positives to this, is when you look at the NCAA tournament. And now, this is all assuming, though, that Gonzaga remains good, right? Th- yeah. That's That piece is important here. <clears throat> if, they can, if they remain good and they can keep that brand rolling, stay competitive and stay a top 25 program or a top 10 program right now, it solidifies us as, I mean, we're already the top basketball conference yeah. in the country and i think it solidifies that even more by adding them right now 
down the road, it could. And here's here's why that might matter, not only from a financial perspective, but from a stability perspective. There, there cannot be a conversation. How, how can you have a conversation about separating from the NCAA, having your own own postseason basketball tournament or whatever, whatever these autonomous conferences want to do? Mm-hmm. If you are you going to leave Kansas out of that conversation? Yeah. Are you going to leave Arizona out of that conversation? Are you going to leave Gonzaga out of that conversation? Are you going to leave Baylor now out of that conversation? What about Cincinnati? I mean, you go down the list, right? Even West Virginia's got a good basketball program historically. So they don't want to have a – do you want to have a postseason basketball tournament without those schools in it? You can't. I think you the answer can't. is easily no, right? Yeah. So this could be a way for Brett Yormark to make sure – even he, he knows, hey, we ne- we're never going to make the kind of money the Big Ten and SEC are making. That's right. That's so, right. We, so we've got to do something to keep a seat at the big boy table. And maybe he thinks basketball is how they do that. So I kind of get it. I just don't know that bringing one school in on an island like that is is going to be enough to, to move the needle. I, I want to interject with this, and, and bear with me a bit here. You hit the nail on the head here. The Big 12 is never going to be the Big 10 or the SEC in football. Unless the top three brands in both those conferences leave for the Big 12, it's not an even playing field, and there's nothing that points to it being an even playing field in mm-hmm. the next decade. That That's right. just the way that it is right now. Yeah. So. It's right, your mark is trying to get creative in other avenues. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Big 12 hater for saying that. Those no. are just two bigger brands that make way more money. That's going to be the case for years moving forward. Brett Yormark has to do something outside the box. Correct. Uh, knowing he still won't make as much as those two leagues. But, Kuz, I-, I hear a lot of people that are out there saying that, you know, this move, why would you ever do this move? Because you should just wait on the ACC schools. And to me, th- there's not really a wait thing in, in realignment. This isn't a, oh, we'll sit around and wait and see what happens. I see why Brett Yormark could be on the offensive here. But for somebody like you who would rather see a Pitt or a Louisville, is there a way in your mind to get a Gonzaga and a Pitt in this conference, say in twenty twenty eight? Maybe, and maybe that, and maybe that is the plan. I mean, if you if you want to bring in Gonzaga, but if you do that, don't you need to bring in a couple more schools from that part of the country? Yeah, right. To form, and then then you go okay. Then we're going to have an Eastern Eastern wing, Eastern pod, right. whatever you want to call it, we're going to go grab Pitt and Louisville and Virginia Tech or whoever, right? Yep. Maybe even UConn or whatever. I don't know. To me, that's the only way it makes any sense. And maybe that's the long-term plan here. I don't know. Uh, but if it's not, then it should be because just continuing just to add schools from the West, I just don't think is is a good uh, a good model going forward because you're, you're, you're just going to alienate your Eastern schools at some point, you know? And a lot of money is to be made in the East, especially in basketball, where most right. of national champions are coming from the East as well. Um, and the West seems to be your USC's, your even your your Cal's and Stanford's. Mm-hmm. We talked about are in debt, can't get anybody to show up at games. That's becoming a, a dumpster fire out there. Though the Big Twelve still has its eyes peeled on expansion in in any any direction here, Coos. I am um, what, what one thing that is been floated out there, Immaculate texted me and said, hey, what if this is just kind of some smoke and mirrors? See if Brett Yormark can get a foot in the door in the Pacific Northwest and see what the sentiment and response from conference presidents is. Do you think there's a way this whole Gonzaga deal is just a smoke and mirrors to test the waters of an Oregon State, Washington State, or this has nothing to do with that scenario? I think it's possible. Uh, I never say anything's, I mean, in, in real life, but everything's possible, right? Yeah. But, uh, and, and I do think and I do think if you, I do think if you bring Gonzaga 
there has to be a, something else at play here. I, I just don't think it makes any sense to grab them b- by themselves. There has to be some kind of angle and reason to bring them in. And maybe it is to try to hook Oregon State and Washington State. But, I mean, it, from everything I'm reading and hearing in the, in the news, mm-hmm. it's the Big 12 that's not interested in adding those two schools, not necessarily right. the other way around. So, But maybe, maybe he sees that as a way to get the Big 12 presidents on board with adding those two schools. You know, maybe that's his angle, mm-hmm. but but definitely, I mean, t- if you bring Gonzaga, I do think it changes, it shifts the conversation a little bit, and I think that Washington State, Oregon State uh, conversation gets, I think the temperature gets heated up a little bit on that, and everybody has to start going back and thinking, wait a minute now, maybe maybe this is a possibility yeah. at that point. Well, we've been in Coos's wheelhouse. Let's go even deeper with the West Virginia Mountaineers, who have been the big surprise of the Big 12. Coming up next, can they win the whole damn thing? This is Locked On Big 12. But first, today's show is sponsored by FanDuel. It's where I go to win money and to lose money. FanDuel is where I was able to bet on the Green Bay Packers on Monday in their game against the uh, is it Las Vegas now? Las Vegas Raiders. You can go do the same thing with NFL's Sportsbook. It's America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed when you bet $5. $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Spreads, player props, over-unders, more. FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season. Great deal here. $5 for $200 in bonus bets. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. All right, Coos, Neil Brown of the West Virginia Mountaineers. You know, I, I said preseason 1-11, and 11, almost like the, hey, look, the Titanic's already going down. It's already split in two for Neil Brown. There's no way you can There's no way you can unsplit the Titanic and rebuild it. And he somehow is doing that as we speak. The O-line's great. C.J. Donaldson's great. It doesn't matter who's at quarterback. This offense has been a juggernaut by just war of attrition. And the defense gives you some offense. This has been the surprise team, not just the Big 12, but in, in America, one of the top five wow teams. Has Neil Brown, first and foremost, rehired himself in Morgantown? I think so. I mean, at this point, unless unless it goes off the rails, uh, I think so. I mean, it's amazing to sit back. And, of course, since I've been doing this podcast, YouTube thing, I, you know, I'm a lot more active on, on Twitter now. And yeah. to sit back and see the change in fans' responses is is pretty remarkable. Uh, people that were – because you, you, you kind of learn the fans that are super negative all the time. Mm-hmm. You're starting to see some of those people now. They're not so negative anymore, you know, and it's it's a pretty <laughs> cool thing to see. Uh, so yeah, he he's definitely, as you call it, rehired himself. Um, and you know, if if he ends up winning nine, you know, nine ten football games this year, he may even get himself an extension. Who knows? <laughs> Did you right? We're talking about Neil Brown extension on uh, in October, <laughs> which is mind blowing to me. But. Look, I'm I, saying I think, that tongue in cheek because I'm, our fan base is probably going to kill me for saying that. But right. <laughs> a little early for the extension thing. Uh, I um, right. give me the the sentiment around Neil Brown because when I saw him at Big Twelve Media Day, I thought, you know what, I have a lot of respect for the guy. I think he's a good personality. It just didn't work out. Obviously, now it seems like it might work out. Is he uni- was he universally hated there for a little bit, or has it just been oh crazy Uncle Neil can't win? We wish he could. 
Uh, the second, the 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 latter there. He every, everyone likes him as a person, right? Likes everything he's done off the field, you know, all that stuff. It's just he has not. He's not won games. That's just that's it. He's done. He's checked every single box you want a coach to check, except the one that's the most important, and that's W's. Uh, so if if he can start doing that, he will he will win over probably the entire fan base. Yeah, yeah. I mean, worst head coach record wise since seventy six to seventy nine, which was right far before I was watching college football. Coos and. Now he's he seems to revived himself four wins in a row. What 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 was it? When you look at this West Virginia team, what happened? What clicked? Uh, they have a massive chip on their shoulder. Number one, because mm-hmm. of people like you. <laughs> Thank you, by the way. <laughs> yes, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, you're one of dozens that did, did that. Right. I mean, you know, I don't know if anybody else picked them to only win one game, but everybody picked them to finish last. Yeah. So that's and they that's their that's been their calling card this year. You know, is fourteen. We're fourteen. We're fourteen. They're wearing that like a badge of honor, and uh, they're going out and trying to prove everybody wrong. You got a bunch of guys who are playing together. They have this team has great chemistry together. They're all playing for one another and not eating not themselves. And then our defense, man, uh, yeah. our defense has just played absolutely lights out. We're winning football games with defense. We're we're, we're playing offense just good enough. Yep. They're making plays when they have to make plays. They're not necessarily making big plays, and they're not making plays consistently. But when they need to, they're making them. Uh, and 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 they're playing really good defense and good special teams, which doesn't get talked about enough. And they and they are the best team in the Big Twelve at not committing penalties. So they're basically playing Kansas State football to a degree, uh, yeah. with the exception of maybe the offense, offensive part. This but, is, uh, but yeah, they're just they're they're just finding a way to win games, basically. And the rest of the schedule too, you know, we, we can make a case for almost anybody in the Big Twelve having an easy schedule because there are so few top twenty-five teams. But really, the only one you circle that is a true legitimate threat is Oklahoma on the road. The rest of them seem more than winnable, and West Virginia could be favored down the stretch against. Houston, as they are Oklahoma State, they will be UCF. I mean, I, I count these games out, and there's a legitimate path to not just nine and three, but also ten and two. If you're real lucky, eleven and one. When you ask a West Virginia fan, where's the morale right now? Is this is this a program that could finish with ten wins and go to Arlington? It is, but we but everybody's we're, we're all saying pump the brakes a minute. Trust uh, the club. Because, yeah, that's Trust right, man. Because we, we, number one, we don't want to drink the Kool Aid. Right. Because we've been bitten so many times. Right. And number two, we understand not, not only is every game winnable, every game's also losable because it's not like we're out here beating teams 40 to nothing. No, you're right. Every game is a grinded out, you know, one score football game. So you're one possession or one mistake away from it being a different result. So we're not good enough to be going to games knowing we're going to win them. Yep. So because of that, every single game is nerve wracking, every single game is losable. And winnable. And that's just the nature of this conference this year, unfortunately. Uh, or, or fortunately, I guess you could look at it from a positive spin, too. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we have hope. And we, we like the trajectory we're on, but we're, we're a little bit hesitant to say, yeah, we're going to play for a Big 12 championship because we know yeah. that we're probably going to drop a game we shouldn't, shouldn't drop at some point, mm-hmm. you know. Everybody does. And, right. Cruz, before we get you out of here, if I had to ask you, when we talk in seven weeks how this season will finish out for West Virginia, what do you see? As of right now, I see a nine and three uh, nine and three football team. I think we lose to Oklahoma and we'll probably drop one more and uh, 
finish the season nine and three. The nine and three West Virginia Mountain. Hey, Coos, I would have been shocked by the three and nine West Virginia Mountaineers based on my prediction. And they have been. Uh, and look, it's not always fun football to watch, but if you like good defense and the offense that you mentioned that does just enough, it is, it, it's tactical. It's impressive how clean they play. And the kids just seem to love Neil Brown. Mm-hmm. I and I'm, I'm going to put an asterisk by that if we stay healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. CJ Donaldson, the offensive line, those will be huge defensively. Plenty of guys who have stepped right. up big. Kuz, I've kept you over time, man. Thank you so much That's for joining okay. the podcast and bringing a different perspective, multiple perspectives to the whole expansion conversation and to the experts on West Virginia. You're the man. Thank you for having me, Drake. Go follow him at Kuz, C-O-U-Z-206 on Twitter. Find him on YouTube as well. Always putting out awesome content about not just West Virginia, but the whole Big 12. For everybody out there listening, thanks for making Locked On Big 12 your first listen every single day. This has been, always will be, Locked On. Hey, thanks again for making it your first listen every single day. Dose Grande.